Well, I finally got him. Pablo Guterres joins us. He's an investigative journalist who I met outside a detention facility in Elizabeth, New Jersey. I've been trying to get you on the show for, I don't know, about five months. Welcome, Pablo Guterres. Hi, David. How are you? So just so my listeners know, I showed up at a shut down the camps rally. I guess it was back in July of 2019. There was a detention center, an ICE detention center housing, I think about 200 undocumented Americans. And we were protesting to, to shut it down. You were covering it and I got your number and over the past couple of months, I've been trying to get you on the show, but you've been very busy and it is uh, an honor to have you on the show uh, cards up front on this show we talk about abolishing ice and shutting down these camps you're an investigative journalist you have to remain objective i'm not going to get you into my politics there <laughs> is an outbreak of the virus at that detention facility in elizabeth new jersey where we met is that correct Yes. Um, so, uh, according to the latest information that we have, uh, there is a case, um, that, uh, surfaced in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Now, um, this facility uh, is owned by, uh, Core Civic, which is a private prison company. Um, you mentioned the number of inmates, uh, that they have there. And, um, as of the, Last information that I have, they have about uh, close to 200 people there, but I know that they have a capacity of about 300 um, uh, detainees. Uh, now, this is just one of many facilities in New Jersey uh, where there's been um, uh, cases of COVID-19, the coronavirus. Another facility uh, that has a case, uh, it's uh, Bergen County. Uh, Bergen County uh, Jail, operated by, um, obviously, the county in Bergen County here in New Jersey. Uh, also, Hudson County um, Jail has uh, cases of coronavirus. And, um, you know, uh, some of the inmates there have, uh, have gone on a hunger strike. Uh, they are demanding to be released. Uh, these people were arrested by ICE for civil immigration violations. And um, right now they're, they're afraid for their lives. They're, they're in real danger. Right, right. Before the coronavirus outbreak, we were getting stories of the flu breaking out in these detention centers. Mm -hmm. uh, the flu, and uh, I actually uh, broke a story in Bergen County of a month outbreak uh that that happened there and uh uh we contacted bergen county i uh called the governor's office uh and um the day that we were going on air with the story um just uh you know a few minutes before we went on air uh bergen county called any an emergency uh press conference uh it just to you know, put the information out there because we were going on there. I've been speaking with inmates, David, inside these prisons, um, and they tell me of the conditions um, that are there, uh, and it's it's just appalling. I mean, it's they're basically, 
you know, on top of each other. The, they tell me of a situation where somebody was taken um, out of their um, um, the holding cell. Um, they were uh, taken to an area to be tested for corona, uh, the coronavirus, and then they were placed back into the general population. Um, uh, the lack of soap, the lack of uh, sanitizers, the lack of every conceivable uh, sanitary measure that you can think of. Uh, it's happening in these jails. Uh, uh, you were talking about China and, and you know, the, the, um, the, the, um, um, the, the way the virus spread in the prisons in China, and this is something that I urge your listeners to look into. Um, it's really, really scary. Um, and uh, we have a potential here in the United States of America for uh, this um, this uh, uh, virus to basically overtake uh, um, and, and um, get a lot of people that are in lockup right now uh, very, very sick. Um, we already see that situation happening in Rikers Island. Um, you know, Harvey uh, Weinstein. Harvey so, Weinstein. Has how did he get the test? Like, that was one of the things, the first thing, this top-down system that we have, multimillionaire Harvey Weinstein tests positive for the coronavirus. How did he Correct. get the test? Why did he get tested before uh, the other inmates, do we know? Um, no, no, uh, we don't know yet. I mean, it's, uh, you know, he's, he's considered a VIP. So, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of, uh, unanswered questions right there. Yeah. Let, let's peel this back and start from the beginning. Cause a lot of my listeners are overwhelmed by all the news that's coming their way back in July. MSNBC, CNN, they all decided there was a crisis in the detention camps. And we were calling these concentration camps. And there was a big debate whether or not they should be called concentration camps. And Congress, Beto O'Rourke, went to the camps along the border. And then Mike Pence and Lindsey Graham went to the camps. And we saw horrific conditions that were in controvertible. There are pictures of Lindsey Graham and Mike Pence almost unable to breathe from the smell. And mm -hmm. men and women in cages, children in cages. And we had reporters crying. And this was the story. This was the story. And then the story disappeared. It's almost like it's almost like migrant workers are seasonal workers. It's almost as though this story is seasonal. When we need it, it comes back. But the story has remained the same. The conditions in the camps haven't changed, haven't gotten better. They've gotten worse. We're just not paying attention to them. Is that a fair statement? Oh, that's absolutely correct. I mean, um, you know, we look back at um, some of the things that uh, a report that was issued by the Department of Homeland Security, the Inspector General, um, and uh, they found, and, and, and I'm going to quote because I'm reading it from uh, reading from it right now. It says, uh, uh, "Dangerously overcrowded, lacking adequate hygiene and medical attention." Um, and then on January 29th. Um, Doctors Without Borders also reported that uh, uh, 
just a few steps from the U.S. border in Matamoros, there are thousands of asylum seekers now living in makeshift camps with limited access to shelter and basic health care. So, um, you know, these are, you know, substandard um, conditions uh, where these migrant uh, asylum seekers are, are, are in right now, and, uh, and nothing has changed. And the situation is far more dangerous now because we see the threat of the coronavirus and how it's already um, inside some of these jails. I mean, we see it here in New Jersey. So, so what um, happens, like, Pablo? Let me, let me, we're talking with yeah. investigative journalist Pablo Guterres, and, and there's so much to understand. Let, let's start with ICE and these mm-hmm. for-profit detention centers. I'd like to understand the, the, the bureaucracy that we're up against. As I understand it, ICE is an invention that came out of the development of Homeland Security. They consolidated all these government agencies after 9-11, and ICE is a new police force. Is that fair to say? That's right. It's, um, you know, came out of, uh, uh, 9-11, uh, okay. right after 2001, yes. Right. And ICE, it is the job of ICE to enforce immigration laws throughout the country. In other words, the job of ICE is to round up, to find any undocumented American and send them home, put them through the immigration courts. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, uh, enforcement in the interior. That's correct. Uh, I'm sorry. Say that again, please. That, that basically is uh, you know, enforcing immigration laws uh, within the interior of the United States. That's um, something that perhaps was not as um, uh, it, it wasn't uh, so much. Uh, it didn't happen so much prior to 9/11. Right. Right. And so. They have to go through the immigration courts, which means that they have to be, I'm talking they being the undocumented Americans, they have to be housed somewhere before they have their time before a magistrate. So they're placed in these detention centers. Do we know if there are any government-run detention centers or are all detention centers run by private companies? Well, you have a combination have, as I mentioned before, the Elizabeth uh, Immigration Center. That's basically a private prison. Um, and then when you talk about government-run centers, um, now the Department of Homeland Security um, and ICE, uh, they basically outsource um, their, um, their need for jails. So uh, we have a lot of county governments that are hungry for federal dollars. Um, Hudson County, um, this is a Democrat-run uh, county. Uh, Bergen County. These are New Jersey. Uh, these are did, these are New Jersey counties, yes. but this yeah. happens throughout the United States. Right. So basically, what ICE uh, they enter into contracts with uh, the counties, and they said, okay, we need two thousand beds. Um, and, uh, so, uh, the county says, okay, we're going to charge you, um, and I, I don't have the exact number, but just the ballpark number. We're mm-hmm. going to charge the federal government $150 a night for immigrant here, right? 
and that's money that's going directly to our counties. In New Jersey, you have many uh, counties, many counties uh, where you have uh, Democrats um, in in these counties, and this is not a, a partisan issue. I, and I'm making a point to say that it's a Democrat uh, um, um, government uh, just to illustrate that you know, in either side of the aisle, you can see these interests. Um, so, um, you know, these counties are getting money directly from the federal government, from ICE, to keep inmates uh, or people or immigrants that have been detained by ICE. Uh, so, so it's fair to say we learned through the Justice Department that the city of Ferguson Missouri was a shakedown operation. They were arresting African-Americans. And this is what Eric Holder's Justice Department said, uh, that that African-Americans in Ferguson, Missouri, were being shaken down by the police. They were put into a permanent cycle of debt. And that funded city operations. That is what the Justice Department said. Is it fair to say that a lot of cities are paying their bills by charging the federal government somewhere in the neighborhood of $150 a night per, per uh, uh, undocumented American that they're housing? In other words, each bed, they charge $150. That's more expensive than, uh, you know, I can get a, a three-star hotel. Seriously? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I mean, this is they, they, this money is um, being used to, you know, for our parks. It's uh, being used uh, for um, the salaries of uh, uh, police officers. Uh, so and, it's not uh, being used in County. Yeah. So Bergen it's County. There was a report that I think um, uh, I, I want to say seventy or eighty percent of the revenue that the sheriff's department. Um, uh, depended off was coming from this contract, this federal contract. Now, I pulled the numbers right now as, as, as you were asking this question. And Hudson County, and I want to tell you this, received more than $27 million to house ICE detainees in 2018. Wow. $27 million. $27 million. And so it's important for my listeners to understand, the the politicians will say one hundred and fifty dollars uh, per bed that goes towards the the inmates, towards the people we're keeping. But it's not. So like a private prison, they're trying to turn a profit. They're trying to spend as little as they possibly can on those there that are being detained so that they can fund other parts of the government because nobody wants to pay taxes. Uh, Correct. Would you it's say a business. it's a business? It's a it's it's a business. So do we? There's a part of me that still prefers local municipalities running the jails than private enterprise. What have you observed? Uh, I guess it's a case by case, jail by jail basis. How much transparency do local city jails have and offer you versus the, the privately run detention centers? What are you allowed to see? Well, you know, 
it's um, that's a really interesting question because um, when you look at a county jail, uh, you're going to have uh, people that are in there because they committed uh, criminal um, um, violations, and then you're going to have the um, immigrants who've been detained by ICE. Um, so it, when you're trying to get information uh, on immigrants detained by ICE, um, the county is housing them, but, you know, they are, uh, you know, by all purposes, uh, under the custody of the federal government. Um, so uh, as a reporter, you have a, a few more hurdles um, when you're trying to get information, when you're trying to, let's say, do a in-house uh, uh, interview with them. Um, there, there are more uh, barriers than what you would have um, with somebody that's housed there because of a criminal violation. So in um, other words, they can pass so, the buck. So, so the local sheriff... Or the police chief can say, that's not for me to say, that's for ICE to say, or that's for Homeland Security to say. They can create various hurdles for you to jump over. You, you, they can. They can do that. And, and uh, But overall, the running of the jail does fall within the county. So, you know, it's... Uh, um, you know, ultimately, it is their responsibility because it, it is their jail. So, um, so, so you can, you know, you can ask about that. Uh, so, so, you know, if you want to say which, you know, if you, if the question is, is, is a private prison, ran, uh, is it being run better than a, um, a, than a, um, county jail? Um, you know, you just look at some of the, uh, some of the reports that are coming from people that work directly with these, uh, with this population. And, and you can see, um, that, you know, that there's, um, uh, there are serious problems, uh, within the private prison model and within the, um, county prison model for housing immigration detainees. Now, the bigger question is not, um, should we keep them in jail? I mean, should, you know, what, why are we housing them? Why are we jailing people for civil violations? Yeah, let me let me get to that in a second. That is the biggest Yeah, let me. I, I'm going to ask that in a second. I just want my listeners to understand the structure in place before we actually find out who these people are. Now, with the private detention facilities, where I met you, we were outside one in Elizabeth, New Jersey. I suspect that it's impossible to for you, I don't know, I'm asking you, to speak to anybody who runs that place to get a tour of it. You know, you can, as a member of the media, the reporters are entitled to go inside prisoners to examine conditions. Are you able to get access, visual access to the private detention centers? I would assume it's harder it is. It is harder. And, uh, you know, we've had situations, uh, not only is it harder for us reporters to get in there, I mean, you've seen, you know, U.S. senators and, and members of Congress trying to go into that detention center, and uh, it, it's difficult. It's, it's difficult for them. Um, so, um, so, yes, there's the... Um, I'm not trying to be glib here, Pablo. No. You know, they have ag-gag 
rules that are enforced in some states. And the justification for an ag gag rule, what, what, what the, the slaughterhouses claim uh, in, in preventing anybody from bringing a camera into a slaughterhouse is trade secrets. You're violating mm-hmm. trade secrets. And some courts have upheld that. I can imagine some of these private detention facilities claiming that allowing people to videotape inside of here violates our trade secrets. It, it does. And, and, you know, looking back at, you know, what happened in 2018 and, um, you look at, uh, some of these housing facilities that were in the border with Mexico and after months, months, months of pressure, um, they finally, um, accepted or allowed, uh, uh, journalists to go in there without cameras and, uh, uh, video or still, or still pictures, um, you know, so the, the uh, images that we first saw. And these are privately the, run detention facilities. Privately run, and I think government run as well. Right. Um, don't quote me on that. Okay. I have to, I have to really look that up. Right, right. Um, but it's just to illustrate the access or the, the, the lack thereof. Um, and then when we look back and we see the first images that, um, the world saw of kids in, you know, tinfoil blankets and, uh, sleeping on concrete slabs, you know, that came from the government. Mm-hmm. That came from ICE. That came from Homeland Security. So, um, it's, um, it's, it, it just illustrates that it's not as easy. Uh, for us to say, hey, I want to go into the Elizabeth Detention Center and I want to see what you guys are doing. It's it's, it's going to be very difficult for us um, to do that. And, uh, and, and most of the information that we have, most of the um, the details about the conditions are that we get uh, we get them from activists, uh, we get them from attorneys that are going in there to see their clients, and we get them from immigrants that are housed there. Um, that uh, you know, one way or the other, um, communicate with us and tell us what exactly is happening inside. Okay, who are these people? Who are the people inside these detention facilities? Uh, you have a large number of immigrants um, that are there because of immigration violations. So I'm talking about, um, you know, parents. I'm talking about brothers, sisters um, that were detained because they overstayed their visa, they overstayed their permit here in the United States, or they crossed the border um, as undocumented immigrants seeking a better life for, for themselves. Uh, uh, you you do also have, and to be fair, you have people that have committed crimes and are undocumented. Uh, but those, uh, um, you know, uh, let's go back to the Obama administration. Uh, when, when, uh, when that was happening, and we know that Obama deported the largest number of uh, undocumented immigrants in, that this country uh, has ever seen. And uh, um, But uh, they were focusing mainly on people that have broken the law. And what we see now is that you have a large number of people that are being detained uh, that are 
collaterals. These are the so-called collaterals um, that are basically in the wrong place at the wrong time when I got to a location and then they were detained. You know, moms, parents, you know, um, people, you know, seeking a better life. I've had the opportunity to meet many of them um, and to do stories about their cases and some of them have been released. Um, and uh, it's just, just sad, you know. Do, uh, do we know if more people are being detained under the Trump um, administration than they were in the Obama administration? Detained, not deported, but detained. Um, so, so there's been a search in arrests. I can tell you that, for instance, in New York City, the number of arrests outside of uh, courthouses has skyrocketed. Um, this is a practice that was not very popular, if you want to call it that, um, in, in previous administrations. Uh, so uh, that uh, that's a metric that basically tells you, yeah, this is this is happening uh, a lot more. Um, so so even you know during the Corona initial uh, outbreak here in New York City, you know uh, we obtained pictures and videos of some some ICE operations here. So I'm just um, wondering so, if so it's was happening. I'm just wondering. Yeah, I'm wondering. There's there's a financial benefit to detaining these people indefinitely as opposed to sending them to wherever they came from. Well, and that is one of the scariest things um, that could happen. Uh, we already see the uh, Justice Department um, basically uh, asking to have the authority to detain people for as long as they wish, um, without, um, going before a judge. That's, uh, that's, that's a threat to this democracy. Um, and, uh, you know, those gears are in motion right now, David. Right. So that would be under the umbrella of enforcing coronavirus social distancing for the safety of the community, we can suspend habeas corpus, which we've done before, and people can be held indefinitely without ever seeing a judge. And that's what we're doing to undocumented Americans. We're, they don't have habeas corpus. They can be held indefinitely. The immigration courts are clogged. I would assume they're getting worse. How we, they are. Yeah, yeah. And and so uh, the the question always gets back to the children, I would assume that children are not being kept in county jails. Is that? Uh... No, the children, so, so the, um, the children are placed in, um, they're placed in um, shelters, if you want to call them that way. Um, these are facilities um, that are privately owned and they're privately ran. And uh, we've already seen cases of COVID-19 in two of those facilities here in New York. Um, and, um, yeah, there, there, these are kids that were, you know, you remember the uproar and what we were seeing back in 2018 with kids being separated uh, from their parents and unaccompanied minors. Uh, 
uh, a lot of the kids that are still there um, have not been reunited with their parents either because their parents were deported, uh, and they haven't been able to locate them uh, or for any for other reasons. So these are kids that are still there, and there's been two cases that we know uh, where staffers tested positive for the coronavirus, and uh, they might have come into contact with these children. Last question, Pablo, and thank you for mm-hmm. doing this. Sure. ICE, I've tried to contact ICE. Do they have a press office? Do they have anybody who will answer questions? You know, the State Department holds press conferences. There's a spokesperson for I, for the, the State Department. There are, right. No, no, uh, we, we, can, we can reach out to them, and they, they usually send us uh, statements via email. Um, and, uh, uh, for instance, um, regarding the Elizabeth situation, um, they sent uh, an email uh, regarding that uh, after we uh, contacted them, uh, after we received you know, complaints from people. So it's not going to be you know, a voluntary thing. They're not going to put out a press release and say, hey, guys, we got, you know, 19 cases of coronavirus out in uh, Hudson uh, County. Um, basically, we... We have to take this information. Um, and, uh, and well, I mean, the State Department, Pablo, they will tell us where all the embassies are and where all the council, consuls are. Uh, do we have this kind of transparency with ICE? Will they tell us where exactly? They will tell, all- they will tell us if we ask. Um, and, and a lot of times... You know, you you um, you ask, and uh, they might deny that um, uh, that request, and uh, then you have to FOIA the information. So we don't even know the official number of ICE detention camps. Um, I I don't have a number for you. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I, I can tell you, and, and this is just you know one one point, uh, and, and 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 I think it's very important because um, you know there's been a massive uh, call uh, for these inmates, these uh, ICE inmates, to be released. And mm-hmm. uh, just this Saturday, uh, there was a um, lawsuit filed against the federal government. Um, and it was filed in the uh, um, uh, um, district court of uh, of the District of Columbia um, on behalf of um, immigration attorneys uh, in Texas, New York, and I think Pennsylvania. And uh, so this this lawsuit basically is seeking um, the uh, the release of uh, uh, inmates who are at risk. Uh, of contract of, 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 you know, getting the, the uh, COVID-19. Um, and um, there's a paragraph there in, in the suit that says, detained mothers, fathers, and children are forced to live and sleep in close quarters and required to congregate. And as a result, cannot achieve the social distancing needed to effectively prevent the spread of COVID-19. Um, so they also go and they mention there that a lot of the times, you know, it is the inmates who are cleaning. Um, they get paid a dollar a day 
to work there. And they get and extra so, soup, right? This is this. I read. A, <laughs> you're, did you just laugh? It's yeah, yeah. Because well, it's just you know, uh, it's like something out of uh, Nazi Germany. I, I this is what I read back in the summer that they're offered extra soup if they do extra work, and I'm thinking this is something out of. Nazi. And there's been lawsuits. There's been lawsuits against some of these private prisons for paying prisoners. And I don't want to call them prisoners because it's such a, I think it's such a terrible term. Right. You know, these are immigrants who are detained. That's uh, that's who they are. You know, let's not forget about that. And when we talk about immigration and we talk about COVID nineteen, and this is just my last point on this, um, let's just kind of open our eyes and see. Right now, uh, we're asked to work from home. We, and, and some of us can do that. Uh, we are asked to keep our social distance. But let's open our eyes and see who are the people that are delivering our food right now. Right. Who are the guys that are working still in some of these restaurants that are closed and you know, uh, being able to cook and, and so, so we can get some to go food, uh, um, on our ways, you know, to work or, or whatever. Uh, you know, that they're immigrants. You know, they're, they're the guys that are delivering the groceries right now. Right. You know? Right. And then we, we talk about, you know, protecting the employees and the federal government comes out with the, all of these relief and financial packages. And where are the immigrants? You know, they pay taxes too. A lot of them have an IT number. You know, this is the, um, the number that the, um, um, Treasury Department gives out or, you know, people apply and, and they get it. So they, they can, pay into Social Security. Exactly. So they can pay that in. But they, can they yeah. collect Social Security? No, they can't. Can, can they collect right now and or will they be able to collect, you know, the thousand or, you know, whatever? Some of money the, the federal government will be um, so you know, Pablo to U.S. citizens. So yeah. ICE has announced, I think, that they're slowing down the apprehensions. Is that yes? They have. Is that because Amazon is hiring a hundred thousand people right now that we actually need the undocumented? I, yeah, I mean, I don't know if if you know there's there's a direct line between those two. Um, situations, but I know that um, finally they said, okay, we're only going to go after criminals. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it was, it, I mean, it, 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 you, you can't be going out there and detaining people and arresting people um, the way they've been doing. You know, in, in some of these communities that have been devastated uh, by the coronavirus, um, it's, it's basically immoral, you know. Um, the other thing, um, ICE also did put out, uh, out a request for 45,000, uh, respirators and surgical masks. Right. Um, and, and, uh, they want this for ERO, which is, uh, enforcement and removal operations. Um, so, so they, they want to have protection. Um, you know, but the front lines are somewhere else. They're in our hospitals. Yes. That's, yes. that's where the front line is right now. All right. Thank you. We've been talking with investigative journalist Pablo Gutierrez. We're overwhelmed 
by information. And what I suggest to my listeners is pay attention to how we treat the least among us. If you want to know how this country is doing, visit the homeless shelters, visit the prisons, visit the the county hospitals. That will give you an indication of how we're doing as a country. And I can't think of a, uh, a, a, a more significant moral compass than these detention centers and how we treat the people who who came to America uh, to seek a better life. This is the barometer. This is the measure of who we are and how we treat the people in these detention centers. I always say this, coming to a theater near you, it's a dress rehearsal for something far worse because there's money to be made in housing people. You know, there's money to be made in housing people people and those beds have to be filled. So what advice can you give my listeners to, to stay on top of this story? Because they, everybody right now is only thinking about themselves. It's very convenient right now. We're terrified of the virus. We're terrified of the economy collapsing. Everybody is thinking, and rightfully so to some degree, I've got my own problems. Why should I worry about ICE and these detention facilities? Well, it is your problem. So how do we stay on top of this and not get overwhelmed? What do you recommend in terms of our our media diet? Where should we go? What should we pay attention to to both yeah. help to both help these people and be good citizens? How do we you know, we're overwhelmed right now. How 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 can we be good citizens? How can we stay informed? Well, um, you know, there's there's two things that that I always um, you know, tell people because even, you know, when, when times are good, you know, we, we forget about, you know, the most vulnerable, um, in, in, in our society. And, uh, uh, one of the things that I always say is that, um, don't think of these immigrants as people that are here, um, you know, taking somebody's job, people that are here, um, basically taking advantage of this country. Um, at the end of the day, we're all immigrants. And uh, we have to think about them as human beings. Mm-hmm. Human beings that are here uh, seeking uh, a better life. And think about them. Uh, look for reliable sources that will give you the information that's happening um, in relation to this. And those reliable um, sources would be? Well, the, I, and I'll tell you, uh, um, Political does a great job uh, covering this. ProPublica has yes. been amazing. Yes. Uh, NPR um, has also done a, a fantastic job. Um, if you want to know more about them, this is who you should uh, look for information. Uh, also, um, there's a lot of great, um, uh, nonprofits in the United States that are helping immigrants. And, uh, they're also a great source. Names? Um, Names? Um, so, so you have, um, I will tell you, American, um, uh, I think 
ALA, which is uh, Immigration Lawyers of America. Um, they have fantastic information uh, um, regarding this. Um, in uh, New York City, for instance, you have NILAG, um, and uh, you have, um, God, I'm thinking about this. Hold on. Uh, let me tell you who just filed the lawsuit here. Well, there's the ACLU, of course. There's obviously the ACLU. Uh, you have RAICES, um, which is Refugee and Immigrant Center for e- uh, Education and Legal Services. You have the Rapid Defense Network. That's who I was thinking of here in New York City. Uh, and um, uh, there's two fantastic attorneys that, you know, I'm honored to 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 know, Gregory Copeland and Sarah Gilman. They, they fought for uh, Pablo Villavicencio. Uh, for him to be released. This is the uh, pizza delivery worker that was uh, detained back in 2018. Um, and uh, you have Aldea uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Pennsylvania um, in uh, the People's Justice Center. So, um, Listen, know, I just, uh, you know, I do a radio show. Do you have three minutes, three more minutes? You yeah, just, get, you just gave course. me a great idea. So I wanted to yeah. thank you. For, let me repeat. Let me repeat what you just said. For information, Politico, and I agree with you about Politico, they can be problematic at times. There's a, for me, they have a bit of a right wing slant, but they, they have great reporting. Politico, uh, NPR, you say, and ProPublica, everybody should go to ProPublica. This is a clearinghouse for investigative journalism. They, they start off at ProPublica. It's a nonprofit. And then their stories are syndicated to other news outlets. ProPublica has been on top of this. You're absolutely right. The ACLU, in terms of organizations that are, that are helping the undocumented Americans, it's the ACLU. The, did you say the American Immigration Lawyers of America? What? AA? Um, it's um, AILA, and I'm looking at my computer right now. It's American Immigration Lawyers Association. Right. The ACLU, and then you said the Rapid Defense Network? What Network. Give, yes. me the, give me that. Uh, uh, Rapid Defense Network. The Rapid Defense Network. And RAICES, spell RAICES, please. RAICES is R-A-I-C-S and Charlie E-S. Okay. And Nay, na- what was it? Na- Aldea. It's A L D E A. And what is that? It's Aldea, the People's Justice Center. So this is um, this is a um, uh, lawyers organization out of Reading, uh, Pennsylvania. Okay. How do people contact you? Um, so the best way to reach me is via Twitter. And, um, you know, you have me as uh, one of your followers, or we follow each other there. And my Twitter account is Pablo, and then G, T as in Tom, Z as in Zebra, and then T47. Right. That's um, that's my um, my handle on Twitter. Right. I, I You know, I do a radio show with Ralph Nader, America's greatest citizen. No question. No question. He's America's greatest citizen. This could be an inflection point for Americans. We're, we're home. We're not working. We have time. Until they pull the kill switch on the Internet, I'm joking about that, we can use this time. Time is a luxury. 
Time is the ultimate luxury, and the only people who have time are very rich people or old people, and that's why old people and the rich control our government. Well, you now have the luxury of time, my fellow citizens, and the best use of your time is to be a citizen. Become a citizen of this country. You've got 24 hours left to your own devices. And which devices are you going to use? Netflix? Hulu? Or are you going to go online, find out who your Congress people are, your assembly people, your state senators, your mayors? Do they have a contract with ICE? Does your city have a contract with ICE? How do you find out, Pablo, if your city is contracted with ICE? Um, well, there's um, there's been a lot of reporting done on this. And, uh, you know, one of the easiest ways is uh, just go, go on Google. You know, go on Google and type uh, the name of your county and, uh, um, you know, uh, and, and just ask, you know, there if, if they have a contract with ICE. Call. And, and call, sure your, that, call your council person. Call, yeah. Call, they answer their phones. Yeah, but you know, if you if you if you don't want to call, <laughs> just just type on Google. You know, the name of your county and ICE contract, and um, I'm sure you're gonna if they have one, I'm sure it's gonna pop up. Great, you're gonna see it. We've been talking with Pablo Gutierrez. I've been trying to get you to do this for months. One more time, give your Twitter handle, please. Sure, my Twitter handle is Pablo. G, T, Z as in zebra, T47. Great. Can you stand the line for one second? Thank you. You're very generous with your time. Thank you. Thank you.